0: Look at this guy. He's going to make a play.
1: Welcome. Speaking of people making oh, plays. Oh, my gosh. I got three talented quarterbacks rolling with me. This is George Whitfield. Come on. Field man. of 12, college football after dark show. Uh, I'm rolling with the pride of Sooner Nation and Aggieland. Trevor Knight, uh, the, the king of Baylor, as you've seen a couple weeks ago, Braggs Ooh. Petty.
0: Big 12 ship. And
1: we are Penn State. Christian Hackenberg. Uh, but before hack leads us into the Big Ten discussion, fellas, we are rolling now. If you're if you're there at home, at your tailgate, at your at your friend's crib or a bar or whatever else, you're still watching this Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, state championship here in the Big 12. Basically, it's the semifinal to get to the conference championship, to get a seat in the big in the big dance. It's it's really a back and forth deal, fellas. The Big 12 here, how, I mean, how are we really positioned looking at these two teams? We thought it would go down to the wire, really, because Oklahoma hasn't knocked out anybody. And Oklahoma State has kind of been, I mean, slitting throats quietly all season. Trevor, I'm going to start with you. Your, your biggest impression right now as the, the, the Pokes lead by four in our time with a minute and change left. Your biggest impression right now, where are we stand?
2: Yeah, this is classic Bedlam game right here. Um, You've got two teams battling out, leaving it all out on the field. Uh, We knew this was going to be a good one coming in. Um, You know, everybody's picking Oklahoma State because they've been more consistent throughout the year. But Oklahoma has slowly slipped by and slipped by and slipped by to put themselves in a position here to play into the Big 12 title game. We know that Oklahoma State is already – punch their ticket to Dallas next weekend. And this is for for a rematch. And of course, it comes down to the wire here. Like all the games that I was a part of when I was wearing the Sooner uniform, Bedlam is crazy, especially going up there to Boone Picking Stadium. Anything can happen. They're banging the paddles on the walls. It's going nuts. And so we'll see if uh, they can get a big stop here and uh, go down and, and put a couple points on the board and make this thing interesting here at the end.
1: Uh. Bryce, speaking of interesting, you've played like Trevor's played within this rivalry. You've played and beaten both of these programs, Sooner Nation and uh, Okie State. Like just your overall impressions of these two programs with the with the hungry Baylor program kind of waiting to get a chance to break in on this. Is are are we looking at a rematch here? Um, If if either team wins are we looking at an automatic rematch or does baylor have a case in particular if if oklahoma loses they both have two losses and baylor has the baylor. yeah yeah
0: yeah. i mean shit man if, if oklahoma state you know can pull this out it's it's oklahoma state baylor in the big 12 championship game uh that's why i'm, I'm pulling for the, the the pokes which i never do i i hate them go ahead um, say
1: again say it again
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, But no, just kind of echoing Trevor still too. I mean, this is to me, I felt like Oklahoma state was going to run all over these guys because of how their defense has played the last couple of weeks Um, really finding their identity, stopping the run, getting off the field on third down, Oklahoma has been in this kind of weird, you know, seesaw with who their quarterback is for the first time. And really, you know, since uh, really Lincoln Riley's tenure as, as play caller has really struggled um, on the offensive side of the ball. And this is just, you know, shoot, man, it, it runs through Bedlam. So I think this is good for the, for the Big 12 when, when this game is, is as good as it is, um, you know, regardless of what you know guy, the guys are doing in Austin. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see a rematch really between, you know, Baylor and, and Oklahoma State, um, two kind of really good defenses, even though we, we've let up some, some big plays in the past game today. Um, but this, this kind of bodes well, and this is, and, you know, just real quick attack on, you know, as, as Caleb Williams co- comes back out and has a chance um, you know, this, this was a game that was won by Oklahoma state three quarters ago. We just, again, it's turnovers, turnovers in rivalry games, always kick your butt um, especially with special teams as well. And all those came up hundred yard kickoff return. We also had a punt fumble, um and, and Oklahoma did as well so this is just a, a really good mm. you know just a fun rivalry game end of the year kind of stuff and this is where Caleb Williams is going to grow up 18 years old you know was playing high school ball last year Time to grow up
1: um heck speaking of growing up you like you've been uh, a young quarterback an 18 19 year old starter uh <laughs> the storm watching Caleb Williams and and Trevor made a great point before we actually came on air. He watched the first half of the season. Like he's really only been out there. What's this game four, maybe game five, something like that? Or mm-hmm. is he really just kind of playing on instincts or is he just like young? Or as I'm watching him go all the way down the field on a 50 yard run, like when do we start to see the maturation process or? He is what he is for right now, just a young guy just trying to make it happen the best way he can.
3: Um, you know, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good question, and I think it varies. Um, just thinking back to my true freshman year, like the growth from week one to week two and really from like week two to week three, four for me was a lot. And I could see it and I felt it in my play. I think that obviously had a lot to do with how much time I put in with my coach and what his expectations were and the ability that he gave me at the line of scrimmage and things of that nature. It just, it got me in this space of just thinking about that and not worrying about anything else. And I think that really helped had a bunch of great guys around me, had some older guys who, who who helped make that transition smoother for me. Um. So I don't really know what Caleb's situation is in terms of that was a, um, in terms of what uh, what they expect from him, um, where his mental capacity is, what his role is in terms of uh, driving that offense and operating. So it's hard for me to speak to that. But at least from my experience, I just feel that by the time you get to that three, four games, like, you know what to expect. At least I did. So, for me, I think there's room for him to grow, obviously, and there's room for maturity. But with regards to the speed of the game, what's going on, knowing, knowing his role within the offense, um, I think he, sh- he should have a fairly good grasp on that. And Again, I don't want to speak for anybody, but that's – So, you know.
1: Caleb is going to be a big part of this equation regardless. Oklahoma State goes on, Sooners go on. But to the two Big 12 alum – if they went out, yes, the math says there's a seat there for the Big 12 with a one-loss team if they went out. My question to you, Trevor, and to you, Bryce. Maybe. Either way, is either one of these teams one of the four best teams in America?
2: I'll take that, Bryce, because I've, I've had my stamp on this for a while. A few weeks ago, if you guys joined us, I said that if Oklahoma could remain undefeated, then that was their only shot to get into the playoff. I still kind of believe that, based off of where the committee has put the Big Twelve, um, and just the, the the level of talent in the Big Twelve, what they've put on the field, how they've beat up on each other. That being said, a lot of these other conferences conferences has have started to beat up on each other in a way that we did not predict. I predicted Ohio State was going to beat Michigan. They were going to have no problem. It was going to be Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, and everybody else, it really didn't matter after that. At this point now, with all the mayhem that has gone on today, all the craziness that could even go on next week, I just don't think we've seen enough ball. And I know that's crazy to say because here we are at rivalry week. I don't think we've seen enough ball to be able to punch the ticket 100% certain. For the Big 12 yet. If Oklahoma State can pull this out right now, which it, it looks, looks like, like they,
0: they are, it looks like yeah, they just did. did, just did.
2: Then, uh then, then who knows? Um, they'll shit, play man. Baylor next week, and and they're just gonna have to send up a prayer that uh, the committee is on their side. But man, a disappointing loss there for me and my guys.
1: Bryce, Baylor, and Oklahoma State get in. What an impressive win for Oklahoma State first of all I mean he, they they traded blows there was a student that just tackled the Oklahoma State quarterback they they traded blows they were down they were up it was, you know it was all over the place Baylor gets in against this Oklahoma State team and beats them it really Baylor knocks the big 12 out or are you making a case that Baylor should then step in as a conference champ from a big, a power five conference.
0: No, I mean, I think you have to go off of Trevor's point, right? It's, it's what the committee's already shown us. Um, and, and to be, you know, fair uh, as hell of a season that that would be for, for Baylor, you know, we're, we actually are the only nine nine, nine win team uh, in the top 10 right now. So we're the only kind of two loss team in there. Um So, you know, there is respect there, but for them to jump Cincy, for them to jump Notre Dame, it's going to be too hard. Um, And then, you know, you're going to have everybody going, well, you know, Bama lost to, uh, you know, undoubtedly the best team in college football and the conference championship. So um, I think there's just too much, you know, too many rungs to climb there on that ladder for for Baylor to get in.
1: Fellows, it, that, I mean, we're, we're, you know, it's just like watching a boxer, Who his legs wouldn't let him go down, but he Oklahoma looked like that boxer who's been knocked out really since mid-season. and like they're too tough for their own good, but they it wasn't a matter of if but when. And I hate to say that about you know of of such a proud program, Trevor. But like Texas had him down what twenty something, then they proceed to go on a six-game losing streak. The Jayhawks have him pinned down with six minutes left to go in the game and they crawl out of Lawrence, Kansas, like so many opportunities. They don't make it through Waco. They don't make it here. It just looks like the proud champ. that just wouldn't go down. I mean, I don't even know what I'm calling the champ, just a proud contender, or a proud, you know, fighter who wouldn't go down. This is uh, college football after dark, the field of 12, Again, I'm with Trevor Knight, Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg. This is George Woodfield. We want to hear from you. You guys have been hitting us up from some of the best bars and some of the best campuses. We've had hits from bar owners and frat guys and sorority girls and everybody. We want to hear from you. Right now, we're going to adhere to our tradition here. Uh, we have a couple of toasts. We, we do a toast. Or what else do we do, Bryce?
2: Uh, throws. A uh, throw buddy. It's no, a toss. toss. Toss, toss, throw. It's <laughs> yeah. a
3: chunk. It's a chunk. <laughs>
0: okay. And just so everybody knows, you, you chunk a football. You chunk a baseball. Like if you're gonna throw yeah, it really you know, hard, you're gonna uh, chunk uh, it. You, uh, why would uh, anybody chuck anything? Uh, that doesn't we'll, make any we'll sense. leave it to
1: the people. It was, so, just a quick segue. We're we're into a discussion sport vernacular. Do you chuck a ball or do you chunk a ball? We're, we're going back and chunky. forth on that. We know what the answer is. We, we'd like you to help out, Bryce. Uh, let's go to our toast. Trevor Knight, we're going to start with you. Heavy-hearted, but I know you got a toast waiting for us.
2: Heavy-hearted. I'll go to, uh, to a game outside of either conference that I played in, the SEC and the Big 12. And I'll go to a conference that has really, um, really grown on me this year. I've had a lot of fun watching this. Large in parts of this show and, and the insight oh, from oh, no. everybody, but definitely Christian Hackenberg. Um, Mr. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end for the Michigan Wolverines, oh, getting three sacks on senior day to li- put himself as the all-time single-season sack record leader uh, at the University of Michigan. Big-time win there in the big house. was a lot of fun to watch. Cheers to Big Ten and cheers to Mr. Hutchinson. Hey. Not
0: bad. Good one. Go ahead, Bryce. Good one. Uh, man, I, I don't – I'm not even going to apologize. It's a homer statement for sure. But Coach Aranda, uh, to go from a two-win team last year, um, you know, coming off one hell of a team in the, you know, the 2019 uh, LSU Tigers to lead the Baylor Bears, who no one gave Baylor, uh, you know, a shot in hell to, to even, you know, compete in the Big 12, much less – um, go have a 10 win season um, and actually uh, have a chance to play for the big 12 championship. I just think what he's done with that program, what he's done with those guys, you, you see it every Saturday. He's got the team bought in um, defense flies around, which is that's, that's his stake. Um, you know, that's, that's his uh, side of the football. And you can just tell that, that, that guys love playing for him. So coach Aranda, congratulations, 10 wins on the season. And uh, you're going to uh, to play for the Big Ten Championship,
3: man! Congratulations cool. to, toast to you. Love Christian it. Hackham. hack, Mister Big Ten. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not toasting anywhere in the Big Ten right now. <laughs> but I am going to take this down, uh, down, down to Trevor's Trevor's hometown and. It's kind of like a, swapping. Nice, kind of like a, yeah, 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 but this is kind of like a jab, like a toast, but a jab, like UTSA boys. I mean, you had a hell of a run. It was a great year, and uh, it's just disappointing you couldn't finish. But like I said, here's to a great year. No one expected it. And uh, what was it? North Texas. Congratulations, guys. You you, you ruined yeah, Coach Ruined something that was pretty awesome. Congratulations, but UTSA. Here's to you guys. Great year. Sorry, you couldn't. All right, up.
2: I appreciate that, Hack.
3: Yeah, yeah, I was kind of pulling for him to do it, dude. I mean, ever since that first toast, you dropped, you
2: know. But hey, <laughs> the fighting bean and cheese tacos—we call them down in San Antonio.
1: Mm-hmm. The fighting bean and cheese, what?
2: Mexican food, baby. Mexican oh, food,
1: well, obviously Mexican food. Hey, my toast of the week goes to a quarterback who had to fight his way on the field last year to become a starter. Then this year he settles his program down who hasn't really been in the forefront for a long time. And he was getting subbed in and out for a more talented youngster. He's rocking the number 12, a lot like the greatest of all time in the same colors in the same uniform. Cade McNamara of Michigan I haven't seen him on one highlight on Sports Center. That's really honestly not his game. He keeps the trains moving. He keeps these guys on time. He settles them down. He doesn't flinch. Big win today for his Wolverines and really for him for a guy that just his resilience individually has really reflected on this program as a collective. And now they get a chance to go on to the big 10 and see what they can do going forward. Cade McNamara, Michigan offense, coach Gaddis, coach Harbaugh. They're in a place. We haven't talked about these guys being in a decade. Here they are. Wolverines, Cade McNamara. Congrats, fellas. Also, big congrats over there. to uh, the godfather, college football. We love you. We respect you. Um, Coach Corso, we saw you today, sir. Uh, we love you, and uh, this that this toast goes to uh, Coach Corso,
0: and a cold one today. Mm-hmm.
1: A cold one. Horrible
0: guest, though. Horrible oh. guest.
1: Oh. A horrible hey. guest who came on. Dude's, out dude's funny. Out his, even Katy Perry said, "I know a little bit about a little bit of football." I think they had a comedian. He opened. That segment by saying full transparency, I know nothing <laughs> about college football. Where's Wake Forest? What is an SEC? A quarterback throws it right. I was just, I thought, oh man, oh man. All right, regardless, we got business to attend to. Here we go. The heavyweight bout. I, I honestly think it was the game of the year. You, can um, you open that up? Uh, the game of the year with, with uh, Ohio state and Michigan going at it. Number two, number five, so much riding on this. And really it's more history that trailed into this game and bled into this game than the actual game itself. Cause it, it was like, nobody told the Wolverines they hadn't won in the last eight games, nor had they only won two times in the last 20 years in Michigan, the Wolverines, no trickery. No smoke, no mirrors, no triple reverses, no trick, no, no anything. No onside kicks, old school, come out to the backyard. Let's see what this is. They, they take down Ohio state. And just to kick this off, Hack and I talked earlier about this and I want to get your opinion on it. Um, Hack first and Trevor and Bryce about Ohio state, either overwhelming an opponent they jump on your throat like they did michigan state 50 to nothing and half or they're kind of the racehorse that's really talented but if you can pin him in on the inside rail you can lock him in they don't really have a a, another mode it's either nuke them or you can drown them like they don't they don't have they they don't seem to have anything else in between hack i'm gonna go with you this is your backyard your territory what, what You saw Michigan go up against Penn State in Happy Valley. You saw them lose a tight one against Michigan State, and you see them take care of business. What was your biggest takeaways today with, with, with the game?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, first off, Happy was back. It was not played last year for COVID reasons. Um, but uh, I think Michigan, Joshua Perry, my co-host on my other podcast, and I talked talked about this last week, um michigan is probably all three phases and just from an ebb and flow of a game standpoint the most complete football team in the big 10 in terms of the extremes that they have on both sides of the foot all three phases of the football as it pertains to highs and lows they just stay right here man whereas a lot of these teams Ohio State being one of them, you know, they're up here for a minute and then they're down here, and then there's just these, these massive dips and valleys within their play, whether it be one side of the football or the other. I feel like Michigan is just super steady, Eddie, man. They have two All-Americans <clears throat> um, at, at the defensive, on, on the edges with the Jabo and Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think their whole front seven is really solid. Um, defensive backfield is athletic. I think they've played better as the year went on. Uh, And that showed today. Uh, I I know CJ still had three hundred and forty something yards, but, um, you know, they really stifled the run game and made them one dimensional. Uh, And then offensively, George, I think you, you, you made a great point about Cade. He's 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 the perfect guy for that system and where that program is right now in terms of his story and michigan's story in terms of trying to climb back i mean i i mean i think this If and i could be told i'm i'm, I'm like 98 percent sure about this but this is the first big 10 championship game that michigan has been in um since so start of the championship it's the start of the championship, the game. Of the championship game yeah that's seems- so so um you know he, he his story is really cool i think it jim harbaugh's evolution of being up here and then kind of going back to the middle of the pack and now climbing back and getting finally to that, to that ultimate goal that he had and having a chance to, to play for a national championship, I think is really cool. And I think Cade was the perfect guy as an offensive uh, leader and the quarterback and leader of the program. Uh, just his story kind of embodies that entire journey. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of credit uh, goes to Michigan and how they've handled this entire season you, you could see the maturity. You could see the growth, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but top to bottom, and they've really just steadily climbed uh, and, and, like I said, haven't been, haven't been too extreme in terms of highs and lows. So a lot of credit to Michigan, and I'm excited for this team. I think they can really make a push uh, as long as they continue to keep doing what they're doing. And then, uh, George, not to get too long-winded, but just to kind of start this off, with Ohio State, man, like that that team is like the Golden State Warriors, dude. They live and die by the three ball. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the most simple. That's the most simple way that I could put it. Um, you know, they shoot their shot, and if they're rolling, you know, they could they could hang fucking seventy on you. But if they're not, I don't think they have as dominant as a de- of a defense as they as they've had in the past. So that kind of yeah, hurts no them. No post game, no mid yeah, game. Yeah, that's what hurts them. So they live and die by the three ball.
1: That's a, that's, a big, um, that's a big assessment right there on Ohio State. I love what he said about Michigan. I agree 100%. Can we go to the producer here? Dagan Hughes, can you put up a, a game chart for Michigan and Ohio State? Just to point out a few things here as we get Bryce and Trevor in on this. First off, um, Michigan is, has never trailed this year. I don't know if you guys know that until they got beat by Michigan state till Michigan state took the lead. They have maintained the lead from start to finish in every ball game. There were no comebacks. There was no, I have to hurry up and run a team down. They haven't really been in a track meet because they don't really let it get into a track meet. It's it's just like a wrestling match and you're the stronger guy the whole way. That's the sport they're playing. So we may not have a chart graphic. All good. Uh, Bryce Trevor. The Wolverines, steady, reliable. You know what you can hang your hat on with them, and it travels. And they did it with a run game. And I'm not talking the cute end around, chip a guy, make a move in the open space, get 40 yards for us, six yards, four yards, five yards, eight yards, six yards, 10 yards. Center guards tackles did the work, and they came downhill on a monster today, not necessarily a monster defense, but they said this is the best way forward. What are your impressions? I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Bryce. I'll go with Bryce first. Uh, your impressions today, just when you see that outcome 42 27 Michigan and the tailback Hassan Haskins, five rushing touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I would say to, to the people that are, you know, at the bar, uh, in the sorority house for the cow or fraternity house, whatever. If you did not watch this game, you ought to go back and watch it just because this is, this is a hell of a football game. This is, this is big 10 at its finest. Um, you know, really from start to finish with all the hype, you got both. And I don't know when the last time we had big, you know, the, the big, uh, noon kickoff group on Fox plus college game day, both go there. Um, it, it was just so much hype in this game. There was so much hype into, you know Harbaugh and what he hasn't done. Why this game uh, was as important as it was to him, not only just the program in itself, but to him specifically. Uh, and then those guys went out and, and, like Harbaugh said in the post game, and they just executed. They executed flawlessly. And, and look, we, you know, Hack's been talking about this uh, really since week one with Michigan. They know who they are. They're they're, they're going to run. They're going to beat it down your throat. Um, and and try and stop us. And this was the perfect game, um, you know, from a weather, you know, kind of, I don't know, situation to where it just played in their favor the whole game. They had the crowd, uh, the big noon kickoff, and then it was a snowy, drizzly day to where it was just everything pointed to can the front seven of Ohio State beat the front five of Michigan? And they didn't stand a chance. I mean, almost 300 yards on the ground. To your point, you know, George Haskins, the, the, the big play with Corum, uh, those guys just, they knew what to do, who they were and they weren't going to get away from it. So I just, I just loved watching. It was just a fun uh, game to watch as a college football fan, uh, you know, going back and forth crazy that they haven't, you know, uh, ever, ever been down before, because typically when you do see teams that are, you know, kind of live and die by the run um, as opposed to three ball that if they do get down, it's hard for those guys to get back up, but it's um, just a great game all around and, and and really happy for coach Harbaugh and, and, you know, really what he means to that program and in and, and terms of in the building, outside the building um, you know, but, but also for Michigan to, to play their way in uh, because this was the game to do so.
1: Uh, quick one-word answer from all three. And we'll start with Hack: Is Ohio State still alive for the playoffs?
3: I think there's a scenario and there's an argument. Yes. Trevor. No. Bryce.
1: Nada. Ooh. So you're telling a team that has two losses to a number five, a fifth-ranked Oregon and a fifth-ranked Michigan, you're out. They lost twice
3: the top 5 teams. Get out, get out, get out, get out. So you guys are saying there's not a chance at all.
2: No chance? I mean, no chance. very slim if any. It would happen where
0: do you think where do you think where do you think they drop to?
2: I think <sighs> I think the only way they they get in is if the Cincinnati team loses to Houston in the American title game next weekend and a few other things happened, and I had put pencil to paper to make sure all that happens. But Cincinnati—if Cincinnati wins next weekend, they're in. So that makes three.
1: we will come back to the playoffs. But <laughs> sir, i can say saying yes, Trevor. You said not a chance, but now you're actually making a case. And Bryce, just nope. as a committee member, you're on the committee. Is Ohio State can they go on and get ready for Rose Bowl and?
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Rock and I roll. Agree. Get the great gifts, you know, a 52 inch Panasonic by, by all means, maybe a PS4 if you want it, but yeah. Yeah. Rose Nowadays, you go. It's
1: probably a car. Get yourself that
0: nice. A Tesla, a Bitcoin, Yeah,
1: probably a Tesla. Like the, like the bowl gifts are going up and up and up uh, a quick message now from our newest sponsor, sponsor or sponsor better help. Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? If there is, let me tell you guys about BetterHelp, professional help done securely online. Check out betterhelp.com slash all caps field. BetterHelp will assess your individual needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist to allow you to connect in a safe, private, online environment. It's so convenient you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's an avenue to accessing professional therapy without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp has licensed professionals who specialize in depression, stress, stress, anxiety, as well as relationship and grief counseling. You can message your counselor at any time and get timely, thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly video sessions or phone sessions. Find the particular expertise you need online don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you and do it in a manner that's more affordable and traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is available. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier, better life. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com FIELD, all caps. Join the over 1 million people who have taken the charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, capital H, capital E, capital L, capital P, dot com, slash, field, all caps, today. Let's speak about better health, the better health of the Big 12. fellows. they, they really do need better help. The, the, the Big 12, to me... Is is the conference a lock? And I'm gonna go with the two, I'm gonna go with the one non-Big 12 player. Heck, is does the Big 12 have a seat regard regardless, given all the other movement in the landscape? Can we confidently say the Big 12 champ will be joining this situation?
3: Hell no. <laughs> no. No. I, I just, I just, yeah, said, I no, just, that's I just, just one-word answer. Hell no. So. Hell no, Hell no,
2: there's not a chance, huh? No, go, go ahead,
3: so. hack, keep going, hack, keep. No, going. I am confidently sure there's not a chance. 100%. Wait,
2: not a chance to
1: get
3: in, or not a chance? It's a lock. I don't think they have a seat at all, <laughs> and I also don't think they get in. I also don't think they get in. Yeah, so I guess I'm just saying no, like period. No, I don't think they do. Oklahoma was your chance, and Oklahoma needed to run the table. Uh, what's probably – and this is what I'm talking about, like with Ohio State having an opportunity, right? What's probably going to happen is Baylor is probably going to go out there and ruin everyone's parade and beat Oklahoma State. And then, like I said, like something crazy like Iowa's going to mess around and beat Michigan, and then Cincinnati's going to lose to Houston – and then, you know, let's just give Georgia their due and then Alabama's gonna be a two-loss team. Then you have a bunch of two loss teams bleeding all over the place. And at the end of the day you're gonna have to sit there and go, all right, who's the best four football teams in the country? And to me, it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. And that's it. Mm. Uh
1: that's it. That's all we're going to talk about the big 12. I just wanted to hear from the big 10 guy.
0: It's been a great show. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll I'll just thanks, on, to our, thanks to our sponsors, that <laughs> rivers.
1: I, I, yeah. I just wanted us to go over that real quick.
3: Thank
1: you. Hack. Uh, but to the big 12 alum, we are coming back. I do want to go, uh, over the other, uh, member of the fan, uh, the five families, the Roman army traveled across the state to go play their blood rival, uh, the Auburn Tigers tonight, down 10, down 10 with 10 minutes to go, hadn't moved the ball, hadn't figured a way to get first downs with, with some type of consistency, hadn't been able to get Auburn off the field. And they turn around and win it. A 99-yard drive. Yes, a 99-yard drive within 90 seconds of the ball game. Freshman quarterback and Heisman candidate Bryce Young leads the Roman Army down. Down 10-3, needs a touchdown, gets it. Go back and forth in overtime. Greatest coach in college of all time. Finds a way to win. What did you take away from this performance, Trevor Knight, by Alabama?
2: Uh-huh. It's a Heisman performance out of Bryce Young Um, to watch the guy battle and battle and battle in a rivalry game on the road at Jordan-Hare, which obviously you know the history of that rivalry game. Yes, Alabama is is the Roman Army. They go in there and they push those guys around more often than not. But you see in history with the kick six and and years like that where a subpar – and not subpar, but a much inferior – Uh, Auburn team will compete and compete and compete and sometimes give themselves a chance to win the football game but you saw Bryce Young lead that team down the field 99 yards a massive fourth down throw to keep it alive and then just puts a dime there in the corner of the end zone uh, to give them a shot to go into overtime he was poised that in my opinion is his Heisman moment I think it was a battle of him and CJ Stroud today and their performances and I don't think CJ Stroud played bad. He had the Heisman moment that we've all been looking for all year long. Um, Man, what an incredible game to watch there uh, in the Iron Bowl. I'm
1: going to go hack then, Bryce. Hack, were you impressed by Alabama's resolve or were you disappointed by the fact that they found themselves down and had to fight, battle, and escape out of there?
3: Well, I mean, honestly, I I don't have an opinion either way. I think, if uh, if you're Alabama, you know, you got to be proud of the fight of the kids. Um, and that's tough. But I think it goes back to the point that I've been saying for the past like three weeks is that I think Alabama is very gettable. Um, I think this game helps them. I think it gives them. Another example of their ability to win some tight games, which is inevitably get, inevitably going to happen when you start talking about playoffs and championships and things of that nature, there's going to be some tight games and you're going to need to have had to cut your teeth in some of these experiences, especially with a young quarterback. So I think it's good for the growth of your team and development of that position. Um, But I still just think, I think Alabama is very gettable this year as opposed to, as opposed to previous years where you were pretty certain that Alabama was going to be going on and playing the national championship. Um, I just, I think, I think they're beatable this year. Very beatable in, in, in normal situations, they're, they're mortal. So.
1: Grace, it, are, are you, are you aligned with hack? Yes. They're beatable. Cause, cause it seems like most of the country is, but are you impressed? Or are you disappointed? Or they just look vulnerable. Like what's your impression after you see what happened tonight in
3: Auburn?
0: No, I'm, I'm certainly impressed. I mean, this is, again, this is rivalry weekend and if I have to say rivalry one more time, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to throw something because I can't say it without fumbling over it. But <clears throat> the, the idea of this weekend is is literally to trip up the person or the yeah. team that's supposed to win. That's the that knows you the best. Yeah, I mean because yeah. these guys circle this. And, and for for you guys and girls out there that don't know, I mean this goes way back. This isn't just this game. This goes back to recruiting. You know, you have camps with with the same guys that are going to Auburn that maybe didn't get a scholarship to Alabama or vice versa or that picked Auburn over Alabama or vice versa so there's so much that go go into these games and and you know even the Oklahoma State Oklahoma game Ohio State Michigan game I mean you see it these games there's so much hype to it that's what's so beautiful about this game it's about get this is truly and and my esteemed colleague Trevor Knight always says it is, is just can you find a way to win where I, I get so pissed off at a about Oklahoma against Kansas because that, to me, isn't a, a game. But the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game, the Auburn-Alabama game, it is truly finding a way to win because you are going to go 12 rounds. You just very rarely ever see a game where there's a blowout um, in, a, in, in these type of games because there's so much um, emotion to it and, and just physicality. Um, you know, in the trenches, you know, from a, a, a schematic standpoint and just what goes into the week of a rivalry game for coaches, students, and all uh, that, that play. Um, so I, I loved it, man. I, th- I thought this was, you know, to Trevor's point, definitely a Heisman moment. To Hack's point, the fact that they're gettable. I mean, if, if you didn't watch Nick Saban's interview last week that, that kind of went viral, it's one of the most How incredible. Oh, yeah. gosh, it's so incredible because the thing is, I mean – We'll, we'll break, break it down
1: to people who didn't see it, Brace.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's, it's an eight minute spiel, but, but, you know, the gist of it is, is that there's so much expectation on the Alabama football team to where that you know, people and, and, and fans out there get upset when they're not blowing people out and, the, the beauty about that is the fact that us in the media and us couch quarterbacking and all this kind of stuff get so uh, enthralled with saying that, that Alabama is gettable. When you have an Alabama team that doesn't just throttle people week in and week out, it's like, man, this is this is
3: great. That's But that's, Alabama but they, but that's is their expectation, though. I mean, they've earned it. Yeah, that. yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. But, I mean, that, that's what that's what's made them such a dynasty for as long as Nick Saban's been there is because that yeah. we're finally getting to say that they're gettable. Finally, getting to say that, man, it's a two-win Alabama team, and there's nothing against what you're saying, Hack, because I totally believe it. I, I'm like, man, these, these guys are gettable. But the idea is that when you when you play this sport, and all all four of us, <clears throat> you know, on this Zoom, uh Dagan, I don't, I'm not sure if you you played. I, I feel like if you did, you're probably a kicker or punter. That's totally fine too. um But the idea is that is that this game is is so hard. It's so hard to win uh week in a week out, and we always say it, um, but but to be able to do it for as long as Nick Saban has and still have the criticism of a fan base to win the, the right way or the way that they just expect them to. That's a, that's a crazy, you know, uh, I'll, I'll use Reese Davis's term albatross on your shoulders to get, to get off just because it is so hard to win in this league, uh, you know, in the SEC, the, the West division. So the idea that, that, that they do it, um, the way they did it today doesn't matter if Auburn's a six and five team or not. Um, Auburn has had this this game circled for the entire year. Um, and it's what these guys work for. Um, even, you know, hell in the weight room running a gassers, uh, you know, in, in camp, summer training doesn't matter. So um, all that all that being said, my hats off to them because they played a hell of a game. And I'm, I'm certainly impressed that they got through this and, and they did what they needed to do to get the, to to uh, to Atlanta for the, the SEC championship game
1: um okay Dagan said we do have a little bit more time left in the broadcast thank you Bryce (laughs) you have a few (laughs) (laughs) oh god hey so my impression just uh quick on this Alabama game and Hack and I talked about it Uh, to Trevor's point Bryce's point you have the Roman army who normally marches in tramples your village keeps it moving it's business it's business they don't even litter when they trash your village. I mean, they, they they stomp your village. They don't litter. They just keep rolling straight through.
0: They do Tonight, you saw
1: a little bit of 300 Spartan mode in them. 99-yard drive. Twice they had the ball on the one with under five minutes left and under three minutes left in the fourth quarter. No penalties, no missed assignments, and along they come. And And we're accustomed to maybe seeing that with a – A.J. McCarron or some of these older quarterbacks who have been through all the battles. This is Bryce Young's first trip around the track, and he's settled in and doing that. It isn't the best Roman Army we've ever seen. This is just the Roman Army General Saban has, and he's using what he has to the best of his abilities and their abilities. Explosive, no. Vulnerable, yes. Still on track to go into the dance and do some real damage. This is exciting. We got some questions flowing in from the producers. Here we go. Oh, this looks like it's going to. Trevor, are you familiar with Red Brick Bar and Norman? I am. We have two ladies down there right now, Kaylee and Lauren who are sitting there with all their girls, they're watching. They said, I think I'm doing that right. Can the Sooners really win it all this year? That's what they want to know. In your opinion, them at their best, can the Sooners win it all? Assuming they get in, can they win it all?
2: Well, obviously, based on the outcome of tonight's game, that's impossible at this point. Um, Coming into tonight, I think it was still a far out chance just with the way that, that we've won, the way that we've played this year, um, struggled through games, but found a way to win, which gave us a glimmer of hope. But dropping this one tonight, not going to the Big 12 championship game, um, not going to have a seat at the table. Obviously, we can't, can't win it all. Uh, still a 10-win season. Um, you know, it's disappointing in, in, in Norman for, for all those people. Cause they wanted a shot to go seven in a row, but a uh, 10 win season, just, just not the year to get over the hump.
1: What about the, let's just keep it in the state. What about Oklahoma state? Can you give the girls anything for Oklahoma state?
2: I think Oklahoma state's got a shot. Um, they've yeah, obviously they proven all. that to, to, um, the they got a Walkers. shot to get a seat at the dance I, I don't think anybody's got a shot to win at all at this point. I think Georgia has shown that they are the team to beat. Everybody else is playing for second place. Uh, they continue to separate themselves week in and week out. And so it's, it's battle for second place. So, they could so, potentially so. get a seat in in the dance, but they, they aren't winning.
3: No. Right, so, with a Baylor win, so with a Baylor win, how are they jumping uh, a one-loss Notre Dame or an undefeated?
2: Cincinnati with, with a Baylor win, they're not getting in.
3: It wasn't the question. No, I'm, saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, with a Baylor win, like they beat Baylor, right? But so they're still a one loss team, and they're basically going to have to jump a Notre Dame team, who's also going to be a one loss team. So wait, and hack, then wait, a hack. possible undefeated Cincinnati team.
1: We're going to go into playoffs. We're going to go into the playoffs for those of you um, riding with us. We're going to care. We're going to go over all. I'm the excited scenarios. since hack. Open that up, Hack. You got two. You got. We got something coming in here from Bar three twenty seven in Ann Arbor. I assume you don't know much
3: about Bar. I've never been there, but I'll I'll listen. Here, here comes here
1: here comes the question. uh, Was it from 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 Rob and Jeff? Bar three twenty
3: seven. Sound like Michigan man.
1: It it seems like everyone's talking about the four best teams making it to the playoffs. Who are the four best coaching staffs in America, and don't they dictate what happens? Great question. Who are the
3: four best coaching staffs in America? Yeah. And don't they dictate what happens?
1: Right. Like, basically, are we seeing the four best staffs alive?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's hard, man. Um, I mean, obviously, you got to respect Saban and what he's doing. I think the way that Kirby's developed everything down at uh, Georgia and what he's ultimately built that to deserves a lot of credit, the hires he's made, the people he's put around him. Um, There's a lot of damn good coaches out there, man, and it's hard to narrow it down. I mean, it just depends on what you're gauging success on. If you're gauging success on consistent uh, competition for championships, I mean, Dabo's in that conversation. Um, even though this year they had a little slip up, he's still in that conversation. He's had sustained success. Like I said, Kirby, I think, Nick. A lot of these guys are ironically Nick Saban protégés. Yeah. Um, but then just even looking in the Big Ten, I mean, Kirk Ferentz has a 10-win team with a, with a averages friggin' piss team top to bottom. He's got a 10-win team there. They uh, they are. They don't do anything flashy. Um, They don't do anything flashy, and they just – they get things done. And Kirk Ferentz, I think, is a hell of a football coach. And then you could argue for Mel Tucker, what he's done at Michigan State. So, there's a lot of damn good football coaches. I think it just depends on what you you gauge success. Um, And that will be my answer without having to start Googling stuff.
1: There you go. Uh, That's for Rob and Jeff. Hopefully you guys are are watching. Yes, basketball season started, but it's good to see you guys are watching a little bit of football. Bryce Petty, here comes another one from our esteemed producer here, Dagan Hughes. Ladies, you can see him. I think it's at Dagan Hughes, or we'll get his handle so you guys can get a chance to follow him. You should follow him. Uh, Dagan has put up another question here from Waco, Texas.
0: Backyard bar,
1: Brace. You familiar with it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Of course. It's one of the one of the cool four bars I hey, got in Waco. It's jumping in Waco. Uh, interesting. Cinnamon and chartreuse. Oh, it oh. backyard bar. The yeah. backyard bar. This is from Cinnamon and Chartreuse.
3: Do they Will- work in the back of the backyard bar?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will They want to know, will Coach Aranda be our coach in 2022? Mm. Damn. But before you you answer that, and, fellas, let's just go over the the landscape right now, the following. The following places have an opening. USC, LSU, UCLA, Virginia Tech, Florida, and Washington. And I only bring those up because arguably they are all bigger than Baylor. Bigger athletic programs, traditionally, their coaches are paid higher than whatever the Baylor coaches paid. Maybe not the success that Baylor's had over the recent years, but they are all in bigger conferences. vatech both, both Los Angeles schools, Washington, LSU, Florida, and Chartreuse and Cinnamon want to know, will Coach Aranda still be our coach next year?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, damn, I hope so. Right. I mean, I think they were, they were doing the, <clears throat> you know, a couple rumors out there that they were going to be a restructuring of the contract rightfully. So um, look, everything that I read and that you know, of the little birdies that I hear said that, that he does love it, but look, man, money talks. I think that uh, you know, Mel Tucker and, and um, Coach Franklin, Coach Franklin can <laughs> can, can both sit there and tell us that money talks.
2: Talks. Um
0: and, and so look, if you're a head coach out there, um I'm I'm chasing M's because those M's are guaranteed. So I'd I'd love to sit here to say that he's gonna stay. Um, but if LSU offers him something crazy and and you know the guy Norman turns it down, which I think he'd be nuts to turn it down. Trevor and I talked about that on our podcast. Um, you think
1: uh wait, wait, wait you think Lincoln Riley's going to LSU?
3: Word
0: on the street, they're gonna offer him.
3: I oh, me – let me, let me ask you this though, Bryce, let me ask you this though. Right. So like, when's an, uh, so it's a two part question. When's enough enough when it comes to money, right? Like, I mean, if you're making 6 million bucks a year, you're making so 6 million bucks a year. If you're making 4 million bucks a year, you're making 4 million bucks a year. I understand it's $2 million, but like, I mean, Hey man, if you're signing a 10 year contract, like, let's keep going. And I'm, what I'm asking is, is that differentiation in value that, that, that loss there, is that worth having to pick up? Like, let's say like, your guy at Baylor has done some pretty good stuff. He's established a great culture. He's had some success, totally flipped around. He's got that ship going in the right direction. And you know, all the effort that goes into that, that's a lot of work, top to bottom groundwork day in, day out, recruiting all the way to film breakdowns and practice. Um, is that worth going somewhere else at like a troubled LSU right now and having to completely start over? maybe have to do a revamp of culture, maybe not, maybe have to find some things like, is that worth it? Right. Do you think there's a, I guess what I'm saying is, do you think there's a value in starting something somewhere and staying there and rocking with it? Do you think coaches still value that?
2: Uh, look, I
0: can't, I can't speak for, for coach. Cause I think every coach is different. I think that there's coaches that coach ball and I think there's coaches that that are our culture guys. I think that coach Aranda is a guy that coaches ball. So, so my, my instinct would tell me that, no, he's not going to go chase, you know, the money, um, that he actually does like, um, uh, you know, one Waco, what that culture is in and of itself, just the city of Waco, the town of Waco. The other thing too, man, we, we, I mean, he just, you know, spent three years, three seasons there in, in Baton Rouge. So it's not like it's going somewhere that he doesn't know. Um, and, point. you know, at the end of the day, and what we were talking about, you know, on, on our podcast was the fact that, man, it, just like that article that came out a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, dude that wrote it was talking about teaching his kid to be a failed head coach. Why? It's because there's guaranteed money in it. Um, and and wow. that's generational money. It, it, mm-hmm. it is what it is. And so I, I think that n- no one wants to lose, you know, it, it was, a, a you know, Uh, a hypothetical, um, slash, you know, really, um, uh, satirical article really, but at the end of the day, um, the idea of what college coaching gives you and your family, Yeah, man, if you're, if you're a Baton Rouge guy, you're a Waco guy. If you're a Waco guy, you're better. I mean, I think, I, I think those, those two cities resemble each other. Not, not in the sense of the pressure. I'm just saying like what the money gives you. Right. If you're yeah. talking about Norman, Waco, and Baton Rouge, that, that million dollars can go a lot longer than it can in LA. And and most likely can go a lot longer than um you know possibly Washington or 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 you know some of these other these other story programs. So um all that being said, um it's a great question, Hack, because I think that you do have to evaluate that as a as a head coach. If it's something that you want to build, that you want to put your stamp on and say, look, man, I like Waco. I like Baton Rouge, I like, you know insert here um, and I like what this is it's it's actually crazy enough a probably a better conversation for a Luke Fickle right that guy's from Ohio area and he's going to be up for the USC job
3: the UCLA job the LSU job he's going to be up for all of them and he's kind of come out and publicly said that though I think I don't want to yeah. speak for for that but he has come out and publicly said that he's like hey I like it here like my family likes it here. I've established yeah. a culture I've kind of worked for. it. Yeah. So I, I just think I find it interesting, man. I think there's certain guys who I can definitely peg for like money chasers, but then there's certain guys who are like, that guy gets it. He's a ball guy. I think he likes the culture and he, you know, he wants to see this through, you know, one of those yeah. types of guys, see where yeah. it can go. All
2: right.
0: Okay, but what so you guys- got? Cause I know, I know that you got some stuff on that, Trevor.
2: Yeah, no, I think you guys kind of hit all the high points, but you look at, and I'll just pick out Lincoln Riley because we've talked about that in in general. Um, Lincoln Riley is a guy that is from the panhandle of Texas, Muleshoe, Texas. His wife is from there as well. So outside of his alma mater right down the road, which is Texas Tech, which is not a tier one program, he's at a tier one program where in-laws can drive in and see his two girls. Maybe if he's sitting on the couch at night, I I would believe that his two girls love their school system. They love Norman. I think his wife, Caitlin, loves the the group of people that they have around. So there's a lot more uh, variables to it than just, hey, LSU, 4 million more dollars or whatever it is. But again, if you're telling me that take take yourself out of, of the coaching tree, if you're a CEO of a construction company and you're making $7 million a year, it's a global construction company, and you got another one saying, hey, you're going to do the same thing, but you're actually going to inherit a better foundation in this company because we already play in these markets, which is LSU. You're going to inherit a better group of guys in the SEC than having to transition your roster over in the next couple of years. And, and oh, by the way, we'll give you that better foundation in these markets that we play in and we'll also pay you $4 million more. That, I mean, $4 million is $4 million. And I get it. When you're talking millions plus, Hack, you made a great point. How much is enough? But you start thinking about your kids and your kids' kids, and that's a lot of money going into that trust um, that can carry your family for a long time. So I think you guys both made great points. Uh, Everybody's a little bit different. Luke Fickle, he's happy where he's at. He's got his culture down. He doesn't want to go rebuild it. Maybe Lincoln Riley, maybe one of these other coaches, hey, Show me more M's and and I'm, I'm on the road. But
1: I'm going to challenge all you guys on the money part. Yes. You know, X millions of dollars in a Norman or a Lincoln or some of these Midwest or Southern cities is better. It's, it's it's further money than the same money in an LA or Palo Alto. Like we, so markets I get, but being at your best, and having the best possible team you can uh, like put together in Norman.
3: Exactly isn't, the same, you're going.
1: isn't the same as having a revved up machine in Baton Rouge. It's not the same. It's not the same. And every like we got a chance to see what that machine looks like two years ago when Joe Brady was before he got there, Joe Burrow was seen as a six-round quarterback who transferred from another Power Five program where he was only the top three. All those werewolves, all those greyhounds down there, like when you see LSU up and bowed up in its best, like, like there's only maybe three other locker rooms I could come see them. It's not the same. And I'm talking about the road to the national championship – money's money and these guys will get that all sorted out and situated and it's with the ad's and the buyouts and all the rest of this stuff but if you're if you're lincoln riley now you're in the sec and you're you're, you're now you're in the shark tank before i wouldn't call the big 12 a shark tank you guys maybe a, a, a tuna tank or a marlin tank or something like that but now that you're in with the the monsters Do you want to be in Oklahoma's building trying to architect and put all this weaponry together to go get the rest of these guys? Or would you rather be walking into LSU's team room, homegrown half the programs from 45 minutes out? I mean, and they're all werewolves. Louisiana kids stay there. If you're in Oklahoma, you got to pull from Texas to get those kids to come up from Texas to come play for you. Louisiana, they're homegrown. Walk out of your backyard Throw something, you're gonna hit three werewolves, and all three will come play for you, and you're gonna be six, able to win six,
0: six time back to back to back to back to back to back Big Twelve champion. I mean, I I, I don't I, know. I, 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 I see I, what you're saying about assembling a team. But that's that. a once in a, that's a once in a decade team. But I, but I, I agree. mean, that's that's not, not, he's but, not he's not doing that every year.
2: But 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 I think ha- I think George has a point that just foundationally, what he inherits if he is to go to LSU foundationally, those guys that are freshmen, those guys that are sophomores, those guys that are coming from the back, you know, backyards of Louisiana, you are more equipped for a path to the national championship. Oh, and by the way, we're also going to pay you four million dollars to have a better. I I think it's relative, though. I think it's relative, though. Like, look who they got
3: to go through every year the talent like look who they like, gotta and that's, go and that's through, I mean. i'm
0: saying like you're, you're talking about the same program that's last in the west right now
3: yeah like last in the I the think west. when is, it, when is, it, is oklahoma
0: the last, in the last five ten last years been the, the last in the big 12 lsu's last in the west look
1: them up yeah but it's the same year wake forest is the acc big dog like come on that, so this is that, that doesn't mean anything but, I,
3: but, I get but, what you're saying But my point though i i agree with you george but my point is it's all relative though like you don't have to like like yeah, you can have all this. You're, you start on the third floor as opposed to the first floor, Correct. but you got to have ninth floor talent true. to, to, to true. go through your, yeah. your, your schedule.
1: That's whereas, also true.
3: <laughs> whereas you need third floor talent in – I'm not saying the Big 12, but I'm saying, like, relatively speaking, in a lot of other situations. You don't have to beat Alabama, Ole Miss, like Arkansas now is coming up. Like, you don't have to run through that side of the schedule. That's year in true. year out and Bryce That's
1: just made a but, uh, hack you're right 100% right about where you start the, the, yeah. the tower is different but Bryce made another point directly indirectly they're coming for you in about three years if you ain't if you're not banging on the door of the national championship oh yeah if you're not lurking if you're shark fin in circle the national championship in about three years they're coming for you at LSU yeah, yeah take and, if you're, and if you're not doing do it
3: after you win it in two years, they're yeah, all
1: coming yeah, for yeah. you. <laughs> you Oklahoma, want it, <laughs> Oklahoma? Look, get us some hardware, get us a bullet and a cough winner, get our quarterbacks up there, get somebody in New York. You better scorch, you better trim off the fat in the Big 12. They're not in the Big 12 anymore, but they're not. I haven't seen them run a guy out, they've had a tremendous run of head coaches there, and it's really a legacy place. Let's just go into this since we're talking about legacies, legacies are built on championships and we're talking about the college football championship here. The playoffs are, have arrived. We have one last question and this is going to take us right into the playoff discussion. Mitch and Larry from Boston. Under Mifflin. (laughs) Boston Seaport village in Boston. Why can't we just get the four best teams? Isn't that best for Mm. all of us as the viewer? Now, agree or disagree with the following, and I'm just going to sweep right through you, just as you are in my line of sight, hack Trevor Bryce. To Mitch and Larry's point, are these not the four best teams? Forget about the Saturday here that they had. We'll go into everybody's record. Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan. Is there an argument on the field? Four quarters. That those aren't the best four football
3: teams. Hat. Yeah, I think people are going to make arguments and you know everyone, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I just firmly believe watching watching the talent on the rosters, the games that they've played, understanding that both of those, all four of those teams probably played in one was the toughest, one of the toughest, if not the toughest, division in college football. And the other one is obviously the toughest conference, top to bottom, both sides in college football. To see them kind of go through that bloodbath and and make it out in the manner that they did all in all four of their cases, you know, I, I think that I, I personally believe that those are the four best football teams and would love to see them rolled out and clash. Obviously bias, and I think it's a unique year where you can make that statement. I don't think that there's been enough dominance or assertion um, from other players this year to to prove me wrong. I think if there was any year, this year would be the year to do something like that.
1: Trevor, Georgia, BAM, Ohio State, Michigan. Just in terms of lineup and let's go, Mitch and Larry in Boston, are they right? Can we just get the four best teams? Are those the four best teams?
2: I, I think those are the four best teams. And it's unfortunate that, um, you know, it's two and two in terms of conferences and they got to beat up on each other. If it was the four best teams and that's the way the committee's looking at it, I think those are the four best teams and those are the four teams that should get in. Now we've got another week, right? So crazy things could happen. We know, we know that. Um, but as it stands today, those are the four best teams in college football. But, I mean, again, we, we can go round and round in circles yeah. about who's going to get in and why and the scenarios. But after watching Ohio State and Michigan, especially we – knew, we knew Ohio State, and we thought we kind of knew Michigan. You know, they were kind of sitting second fiddle to Ohio State. But Michigan showed us today that they can line up yep. in the trenches and go against anybody.
1: That's a great point. Brace Petty. You have been, and, and to your credit, it's almost like week zero, like in our pre our preview show. Yeah, it was just it was a Bearcat, his, it was sleeper, a sleeper. That was a dark Bearcats, horse. That Bearcats, was your dark horse. It's Bryce Bearcat Petty. Is there a case? And we're going to go into all these resumes and, like Hack said, what if everybody's all bleeding two losses all over the place? Is there a case where Cincinnati? is better than one of these four teams right now. Just line up and play. Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan.
0: Yeah, I, I know that there's a setup question and I wish I could actually answer it with a full heart, but I can't. <laughs> no, I, I really don't. And, and I tell you what, you know, off of Trevor's point, I mean, it's not unfortunate. These, these are the four best teams. And if you go back to preseason, when I said it's a wee thing on Cincinnati, Oklahoma was number two in that world and it was supposed to be you know Alabama and and OU and so you know if if OU plays better I think that they're in the conversation they haven't played as good and and so I I really dude I would love to see Ohio State Georgia play each other Michigan and Alabama play each other and the winner of those Uh two I mean I I would pay a lot of money to see that I'd give up uh I don't have Much Bitcoin, but I'd give up all of it to see it um, because I do think that that'd be a a hell of a fourteen playoff.
1: There'd be a Supreme Court case for the whole. The mayor of Cincinnati would be at the college football steps with a Supreme Court case going up against the college football playoff, fellows. Let's just look at this here for a second. End of next week, so we do this show next next week, and we're sitting here. Ohio State still has two losses, and they're out of the Big Ten Championship, so their two losses remain. Say if Michigan catches a, a, a gnarly Iowa team and loses, Michigan now has two losses. Georgia beats Bama, the White Walkers, number one team in the country, beats the Roman Army, so losing to the number one team, what if it's close? Bama now has two losses. Hack brought it up earlier. Houston beats Cincinnati. Cincinnati hasn't lost in two years. What if they get beat by a field goal and you have a one loss Notre Dame team and you have one spot, you have one spot now really in all this chaos. What happens? The two best teams in the big 10 with two losses, forget about whatever Iowa says Georgia down or Bama now has two losses, legacy Cincy, Cinderella, has one loss and Notre Dame Cincinnati's Notre Dame's one loss where like who makes the best case Bryce so are you me. are you saying that
0: Iowa is in if they win the big 10 no I'm not no you because said there's one spot, one spot you said there's one spot left so who is it it's it's Georgia yep. you said Notre Dame is in with it with one loss Notre Dame Cincy lost Alabama lost yeah, Michigan so lost. So who is it? They're
1: in. So let's let's just say George is in.
3: Oh shit! Hey, but what I will say though is, if Iowa wins, that is a two-loss Iowa team. That's
1: a two-loss Iowa team. So that that doesn't make them better than. Iowa. I didn't
3: even think about that. That's a pretty crazy
0: thing.
1: So. Yeah, if Iowa wins, like that, just be, you know, you know. What I'm saying. Uh, I mean, they're on par with. They're gonna Miami. be
0: calling up the Big Twelve commissioner, like, hey, Bob uh <laughs> you want to <laughs> send us up one
1: but there's really <laughs> On like, the like one lock <laughs> right
3: but there's really like one lock though right like Georgia's is yeah, locked if, George, if all that if all that plays out like what's happening
1: Georgia's the lock and fellows you got a pen there scratch out the following Georgia's the lock the two baddest big 10 teams have two losses bama two losses Cincinnati and Notre Dame, one loss each. Georgia is the lock. I don't see anybody else making it in. Just because you're starting from so far outside, Baylor could throw its two losses in there and and run the table, and and find itself in there as well. This is all assuming the Big Twelve got blown up. Then what happens? Trevor, I'm going to go with you, and, and just for just – I know it's repetitive, but I just want everybody to be clear on what I'm asking you. The two best teams in the Big Ten after next week have two losses. Bama now has two losses. They lose to Georgia. Cincinnati loses. Notre Dame loses. Who Make the case. Who are the three teams you still take to go in?
2: Well, in your scenario, the the, the... – the two best teams in the big 10 would not be the conference champion. They would have two losses and Iowa would have, would have two losses. So there's really three to talk about in the big 10. Um, Is <laughs> Iowa's case equal to or greater than Michigan and Ohio state's loss? Case. I think because of the fact that they, that they won that conference, that that they have to be in the discussion, right? I mean, how but do you not? They knock, came
1: from the flat side of the conference. I get it, but, the side.
2: but you but you knock off that side of the conference in the championship game. Yeah. It, it, it'd be it'd be really really difficult to say, hey, congratulations, you came out and played really well on championship Saturday, but the team you just beat and the team that no. that beat them. <laughs> Sorry, man, you're not getting in. I think at that point the committee would be forced to put in an Iowa team if they were going to take a Big Ten ahead. team. I, I, they'd be forced to. And then I think they take and then I think they take another Big Ten team over anybody in the Big Twelve. So I think it would be Georgia, Alabama. Even with two losses. Even, even with two – everybody's got right. two losses now at this point, right? So, Except Georgia. If, Georgia, if Iowa jumps, Cincinnati so number
0: 16. But
2: Cincinnati, Cincinnati's yeah. holding <laughs> on because <laughs> – Cincinnati's move, holding on boy. because of the goose set. We know that. Cincinnati loses, they're out. Right, I agree. Notre Dame makes a case potentially, but I think it'd be Georgia, Alabama, Iowa, and then you'd have to take the head-to-head and be Michigan.
1: Hack and Bryce. We gotta go quick because we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get people back on the road here heading out of their tailgates. I'm gonna go with you first. Hack. Are you in line with Trevor there? A two loss Bama in Iowa in and then Michigan in. Am I saying that right, Trevor?
3: Yeah. Hack? I think that was I think that was very well thought out, Trevor. And if I was thinking rationally right now, I'd completely agree with you. But I'm going back to what I said earlier, and it's going to be Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. If that happens, that's what's happening. I'm going in there with six shooters. I'm going in there there with six shooters, guns blazing. This is what we need.
1: Pack is saying the same thing. He's just saying Ohio State over Iowa. Look, however Iowa got there, they made lefts and rights and got in the conference championship game and found themselves in. It's like they went and found themselves into the vault. But he's saying it's still regardless, Ohio State. Uh, Bryce, Georgia being a lock, because they don't even have a chance to lose twice. Georgia, all the other monsters have two losses. Cincinnati and Notre Dame, one loss each. Where are you in, in how we would stack this thing?
0: And you're saying that Baylor wins?
1: Yeah, Baylor wins. Why not? I mean
0: shit. Baylor wins, <laughs> <man>.
1: Baylor <laughs> wins by third.
0: <laughs> uh, Coach Aranda is getting that call. Uh,
2: so,
1: Georgia's,
0: Georgia's a lock. If Cincy loses, they're out. If Bama loses, uh, they're the first out. Michigan oh, wow. loses. They're the first out.
1: Oh wow! Um, How can
0: they both be the first out? I think
1: because
3: well, there's are you two gonna, teams. There's get two get teams. The there
0: are two teams that are out. So I just say the first. Okay, whatever. First and second out. Whatever. <laughs> so Georgia's a lot. Notre Dame jumps. Um, and then I think you <laughs> <that's> a go. <good, laughs> this is and I man I got love for my Bears, but the fact that they lost to TCU is just it sucks. Because uh, I think it's a totally different conversation at that point, but I think, um, based on <laughs> based on the committee, this is based on the committee, based on the committee. You're okay? on the
1: committee. This is your voice. I know. This is. I know.
0: I, well, if it's if it's my if it's my voice, then I don't want no part of Notre Dame being in there, so they ain't in there. So I got I got Georgia. Um, I'm gonna take
3: <laughs>
1: on
0: a hack. <laughs> Because that's 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 who I want to see in there. That's what I want to see in there. Go, no, so I, I, no, I mean, I is. would I would literally say Georgia, Michigan, Bama, and Ohio State. Just the, I don't know. That's stupid. It's, it makes me so mad. But it's stupid.
1: That that honestly, that's the case. And that's we so made stupid. we are having fun with this, but that's what the committee's charged with. Are you going to take, you know, who turned their homework in or who made the proper lefts and rights? And whose house was still up to take over and whose house was gone. So don't matter if you take like that's your four best teams when it's all said and done. And isn't that what we're trying to get to? That's all predicated. If Cincinnati loses. I mean, if we right. have this bloodbath scenario, if Cincinnati wins, well then by all means they are in. And the awkward deal would be if Oklahoma state wins out. I mean, that's not the dude you invited to your party. I mean, but if he's there and <laughs> shows up, shows
3: up with a mullet, a, tw- hey. a 30 pack of Bush light. And you're like, yo, this guy's ready to park pack of Marlboro you- One Hundreds right in the front pocket. Like, Hey, hey. Son, we'll you're coming stay- in. it'd be uh. super bad.
1: What you doing in here? I mean, but you'd have to, you- you'd you have to, you you'd just be like, uh, go ahead and get him a drink. He's in here. Like, why not? That, that would be so awkward, but I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope the scenario that we want as fans, and give Cincinnati, hey, they're in, they're out, whatever. But the ultimate is the heavyweights from the two toughest divisions in football, Big Ten East, SEC West. Like, that's what we want. That's what we want. If we were so lucky to get Georgia, Ohio State, on the East coast or in Vegas or wherever that's going to play at Michigan Bama, probably at the Superdome or Atlanta or something like that. Like I, I, like that would just make our year. That would bring everything from COVID back up to, uh, to balance. Mm -hmm. Get your questions in, keep rolling with us. We're now coming down. We're coming down to crunch time. We're going to start getting into the Heisman conversation Obviously, this whole crew thinks the White Walker defense, the Georgia Bulldog defense, we think should be in New York. We're going to start moving into that now. Heisman talk has been kind of quiet, but it's, which has been fun because it's all about teams right now uh, through the whole season. But we're going to keep rolling with you. Trevor Knight, Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, George Whitfield, the Field of 12, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Snap, Twitch, uh, whatever you can find us on the field of 12 after dark college football show catch you next weekend. We're out.